You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and I'm surrounded by Katie's today. This is... <laughs> There's Kate and Katie from the private practice startup. There's there's our Katie, and I think that this is just going to get confusing all around. But Kate and Katie and Katie and I, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to beat that into the ground today. But uh, we're we're here today to talk about branding and marketing, and also a little bit East Coast West Coast ideas on this. Like I th- think that it's, they're joining us from Florida, so. We've we've got what works out here in California, but going going like '90s gangster rap feuds. I think. <laughs> so, welcome to the show, Kate and Katie. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having us. So we're excited to have you with us, and of course, I always love when I can completely overwhelm Kurt with the number of Kates or Katies that are being involved. So thank you very much. But as we ask everyone, uh, who are you and what are you putting out in the world? We're Kate and Katie from the Private Practice Startup, and we live down here in sunny South Florida, and we both have our own private practices, and I've been in private practice since about 2006. I've got a group practice called Baby Therapy, and then Katie and I got into business together in 2014. We started off as K2 visionaries, being more generalist and focusing on trainings for therapists all across the state of Florida, and then we really fell in love with coaching private practitioners, and it's something that we both really wanted to niche down into that area. At first, when we first launched the private practice startup in 2016, we were still a little bit more generalist inspiring people from startup to mastery. And then uh, I guess it's been about two years, maybe two and a half years at this point, we decided that we really wanted to support clinicians in the areas that they struggle most. And that's also happens to be the area that we're most passionate about, which is branding and marketing. So that's kind of who we are and a little bit about what we do. So with this branding and marketing focus, how did you get there? What's the training that you guys have have gotten and and what kind of success have you found in that? Because I think there's a lot of therapists that say they do branding and marketing. And there's some that have a background and some that just have had some success. So I'd love to hear your path to that. Yeah, when we actually, you know, when Kate and like Kate shared a little bit of our story. And then I think in 2016, we launched the private practice startup. And that's really where we wanted to serve therapists more on a global level and really help them build and grow their dream practice. And, you know, at the time, we were going to create kind of like a soup to nuts coaching program, helping therapists, you know, start to kind of finish or actually build their practice. And that just felt extremely overwhelming. And Kelly and Miranda already have that down, so we don't need to do that. You know, we had this like CTJ lunch and, you know, I were asking like, how do you think we're doing and things like that. And I'm like, therapists need marketing. That's all that they talk about. And because we're able to be successful with at first kind of throwing spaghetti over the all, all over the wall and seeing what stuck and then really understanding, you know, branding and marketing. I went through my own branding process, Kate did as well. And then what we did is we just took an extreme deep dive for about three years now and continued to dive into marketing to really understand the foundation of marketing. I mean, you know, when we talk about in our marketing e-course, we've read, I don't know, over 20 plus books just in the last, in, in two years, we attended trainings, funnel hackers, we got coaching ourselves. So we are influenced by Donald Miller. So we just really took an extreme deep dive because we realized that this is where therapists struggle the most. If you don't know how to market, 
then you probably don't have a business, right? Unless you found a business that's going to do all the marketing for you, then that's yeah. awesome. You know, I love Gary Vaynerchuk and Gary Vaynerchuk says, when you realize you're a marketer first, then you'll do well. And then you are whatever you are after, right? Because yeah, we're great clinicians, but coming into business, it's a business and we're not great business people because it's a new skill to learn. And then the marketing aspect is crucial. So, you know, what Kate and I really focus on is the marketing and branding aspect. And a lot of times people aren't talking about branding as something really important, but branding makes you stand out in the marketplace. Just yesterday, I was having a conversation with a therapist that I didn't know, and she's like, of course I know you. You're all over social media. (laughs) Okay, good, great. So it's working. I think in helping to separate this out a little bit, how do you conceptualize the difference between what branding is and what marketing is? Yeah, branding is really, it's the essence of who you are and what you're doing. And it's really like the heart and soul of your business. And so many clinicians will jump straight into business. They'll, they'll go, okay, what do I need to do get it, to get started? I'll name my business. I'll get incorporated. I got my business cards. I got my office location and I'm ready for clients, right? And so often they skip over the steps of really understanding the essence of their business, their, their vision, their mission, their culture, the the ideal clients that they really want to attract and fill their practice with. And then with the marketing piece, we like to view marketing as a conversation. It's really about relationship building and building relationships with your potential ideal clients. And then the potential referral sources who would send your ideal clients your way. So that's kind of how we separate the branding and marketing piece. And it's such an important step to get really clear on that because otherwise, like Katie said, you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to figure out what sticks. You have no idea what's working, what's not working. And the amount of time and energy and money that's wasted in that process, when, you, when, when people don't have that clear brand and clear marketing strategy, there's just so much money that they throw out the window and time and energy and all of that stuff. It's very stressful and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, a lot of lost opportunities, I would imagine. Yeah. And I like to talk about branding and where branding really came from. And that goes to branding cattle, right? And branding cattle, like you, you know, brand a cattle and you have a symbol and that means ownership. And so when you brand yourself, you own, you know, you have ownership of your company, but also part of the market and that ownership, that symbol, that logo that actually means something, right? It's not just a nice little swirly, happy, whatever feeling thing, it means <laughs> something, right? So when we think about major brands, whether it's Amazon, Google, Tesla, things like that is if we have a relationship with that brand, it also means something to us. For me, Amazon is like completely convenient and find anything you want in the world, right? And that feels good to me. Um, I can sit home on my computer and buy stuff and get a discount and, you know, have it delivered to my home. And that feels great. Right. And so that's part of the branding process. And, you know, a lot of times as therapists, we don't think we need the brand, but the brand is really something that sets you apart from others that makes you memorable. That's like, Oh, that therapist office was so cool. It was so different than any others. You know, they offered me this or they had this. Um, And it's just that thing that just, you know, makes you a little bit different, allows you to, to stick out. And especially I assume being in California as well as being here in Florida, um, it's densely populated. There's a lot of therapists. And so it's really important to be memorable. Yeah. And I think that I've heard a lot of different things from branding, you know, specialists or people that create logos or any of that kind of stuff that there are, or taglines or, or those pieces that there's different theories on it, that there's, you can have something that really is very representative of what you do. And you can also have something that's really distinctive that may have nothing to do. And you have to kind of tell a story. What do you think therapists should be doing when they're thinking about how to brand themselves? Like, I think especially related to like 
you know, the, the actual brand, the logo or, or the color palette or whatever it is, like, what do you think therapists should be thinking about when it, they develop their brand? It's so helpful to have an idea about who you're serving, right? The target market in which you're serving, which you want your message to really connect with them. And then your ideal clients within that target market to think about them when you're creating your logo. It's not just about you. Of course, you want to have a logo and you want to have a brand and you want to have this this entity that you really feel good about, that feels in alignment with who you are, with your strengths, your talents, your personality, what makes you you, your USPs, your unique selling propositions. But then also at the same time, it really connects and resonates with your ideal clients because you wouldn't want it to all be about me, 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 and completely forget about who you're trying to attract, who you're trying to connect with, and it ends up repelling them. You wouldn't want to have a brand like that. It would be working against you. So you really, it's so helpful to have that, that viewpoint of really looking inwards and getting clear on who you are, your strengths, your personality, what makes you shine, what makes you unique. And then incorporating that and then also thinking about what are the experiences that your ideal clients are, are looking for? How do they want to feel? How do they want, what, what colors would they like to see? What design would they like to see? You know, if they're highly anxious, would they want to see something that's more calming, not like chaotic and cluttered? Or if they're, if they're struggling with depression, do they want to have something that's going to be motivating or igniting some sort of something within them. So you just want to think about both sides of it. When we think of larger companies in, in this, there's that feeling that they leave behind as far as Amazon being able to deliver anything anywhere or kind of these missions that, that companies tend to exude. This seems to scale down to solo or even group practices as well. And that's really what I'm picking up from you. There also seems to be kind of early on in your career as you're building that business that there's that fear of missing out on those clients who aren't going to resonate with that brand. And how do you navigate those conversations with people who are getting coaching from you? That's a great question. And I, Kate and I really start in the branding process, really creating, well, actually we, we even take a step back and we talk about dream lifestyle and mindset. We talk about money mindset, marketing mindset, as well as, well as entrepreneurial mindset. And we talk about goal planning. Um, and we really talk about their long-term vision, what they want, what they see. And part of the branding process is merging, you know, your values with your ideal client. So it's a both and process. And as they get clear, on who they really want to serve. It's kind of like that energetic pulling in from the universe stuff, right? They start getting more of their ideal client. And so it almost starts working right away or as we start to get more and more clear on who that ideal client is, what that brand is. And you do want it to repel the clients you don't work with. And I think it's kind of an evolution process to watch that happen, but also then get the calls that used to get and say, oh, I don't work with that client or, oh gosh, like I just got a call today for a 12 year old um, who's self-harming. That's not my wheelhouse. It's easy to say, no, I used to work with teenagers, but it's not my wheelhouse. And it's just a very cool, confident, no, I I can't do that. Um, So, you know, I think it is an evolution, Kurt, and I think it's an evolution that we all go through in regards to that. So, you know, there is that fear. And I I think a lot of, you know, Katie, we're talking about like branding, telling a story. And 
really marketing at, at its core is storytelling. And so I also think as we talk about and coach people through that process and we tell our own story of being there as well, you know, it's that relatability factor. It's like, oh, you were there. You did go through the scarcity mindset. Oh, you were a generalist too. Like, you know, Kate and I joke around, but we've made all the mistakes. Um, I don't know if there's a mistake that I haven't made in regards to you know, building a business, but I think I've made most of them. <laughs> Well, what are the mistakes that you guys see that are most commonly happening? Because I think we can kind of anecdotally understand our own mistakes. We can see the mistakes that we see that are very public mistakes that, you know, some of the folks that are actually willing to step out and, and leap out and tell us about the mistakes or we see them or we see them, we view them as mistakes. But I think those one-on-one conversations can be really eye-opening. And the conversations, at least in, you know, the folks that I've talked to seem to be pretty similar so which, which mistakes do you find people are making consistently early in their practice around this? Because I think my thought process is really kind of what Kurt was saying is that people are so worried to get a, you know, a distinct brand because they're going to repel too many people. And that's usually exactly the opposite of what it actually is. You know, people that are more specific actually get the clients more so than the ones that are too general. But what do you guys see? I, I mean, there's a lot of different mistakes. I know we talked about one earlier of of people kind of being impatient and overly ambitious and just jumping right in without taking the time to really build that solid foundation. I would say another another mistake is not having a brand at all and not realizing that that's something that's important. Whether they're a solopreneur or a group practitioner, you need to have a brand. And if you don't create your own brand, somebody else is going to create it for you, whether that's your clients, whether it's your if you have a group practice, your, your team, the colleagues that are working in your group practice, they will create your brand and your culture. And, and you really want to be able to have an investment in that. You want to be able to be clear on your values and, and be able to have a brand that you love and that other people that you really want to work with and partner with and attract that they love too. So I would say those are some that come first and foremost to mind. I would say another one would be perfectionism. <laughs> wanting to have like the best possible brand, wanting everything to be perfect and being afraid of letting your personality shine and letting, you know, share, whether it's sharing stories and feeling like, oh, people might not like what I'm offering. It might not be good enough. I don't know if this is something that's really going to resonate for other people. Also, I mean, I, I know I've gone through a major learning curve with putting my stuff, putting myself out there just because I I struggled with perfectionism in the past and wanting everything to be as perfect as possible. But perfect is not something that's attractive. You know, people are attracted to us when we're imperfectly perfect and we're really putting our our real true selves out there. So that's something that is really relatable. I can remember when I first started doing video, I'm not someone who loves, I'm more of an introvert. So I'm not someone who loves (laughs) to be like on display and even presenting is something that used to create major anxiety for me. And especially being on video, I used to be so robotic when I would get on video and just be like paranoid about, oh my gosh, what am I saying? How is it coming across? How am I looking? What am I thinking? And I just couldn't even get any words out there. And it it was just, it it looked so inauthentic and was really not, it was not pretty. (laughs) So (laughs) over the thousands and thousands and thousands of times that I've been on video and podcast and all of the all of this presenting and things like that, I've been able to overcome that and just let my personality shine. And it's something that draws people in so much more than this feeling like I had to be perfect. So I would say your brand is going to be an evolution over time and it doesn't have to be perfect. It's like, it's like your baby, your business is like your baby. It's going to grow and evolve and you can nurture it over time. And 
done is better than perfect. Getting it started and knowing that you can fine tune it and refine it, that's priceless. I would, I would like to emphasize the whole thing about strategy and it makes sense, right? It's like, oh, I need clients. So you just start doing. And again, we both did that. And so we ran around and just did, did, did. And, you know, this is interesting because Kate and I have this conversation a lot in regards to like, we know what therapists need to really market well, because when you have that foundation of marketing, then the strategy stuff becomes simple and easy. And you know, then how to market. I was just on a call last night with a friend who's starting an online business. And I was kind of helping her through all of that is like when you're clear on your product or service and what it is, the results that you help people produce, then you begin to know exactly where to find those people. I think another big thing, because people are running around doing a lot of strategy and trying to figure things out is there's a lot of inconsistency, right? So, you know, interestingly enough, I signed up for an email or something like that, or a free download. And number one, I never got the download. And then a month later, I got an email like from this company. And I'm like, unsubscribe. And yeah. so when we're not consistently nurturing our the relationship with our people or whether it's posting social media or whatever it is, is that actually can work against us. So being consistent with marketing is really essential. And whether you're networking, like you have to have a follow-up, right? It can't just be, I met one person one time or I met 10 people and you know, it's kind of like, I feel like teenagers where it's like, oh, well, I filled that job application. If they want, they'll call me. No, you have to go out and get it and you have <laughs> to remain consistent. And whether it's AdWords or SEO, like you have to assure that there is a clear plan to continue to better that, improve that, tweak that. And I think part of the thing that people don't do is they also don't look at the numbers, right? Like the numbers are very telling and it's very important because that's going to tell you what's working, what's not working and where to spend your dollars and your time. So that's another thing I think people, I mean, I think there's a lot of mistakes. If I, I, if I said like the number one to me is like the jumping in the strategy right away. Yeah. 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 And I'm, and listening to you guys talk, I think there's this piece of thinking about what people don't know. So even like what numbers to look at or what strategies to use or those kinds of things, I think it can be very overwhelming, but I really liked what you were saying about consistency. And so if you are going to be consistent, you actually have to have a plan that you'll implement and can consistently implement. Like don't say that you're going to do a weekly blog if you hate blogging and you've never... you know, you've never actually written something like you might be able to do it for a couple of weeks, but it's, it's not going to be consistent. It's not going to be sustainable. And so I think that follow-up piece, I really think is huge. And I think it, it makes a lot of sense. I know that Kurt was going to jump in and, and ask a question. <laughs> I had another one though. You, you have great advice. This is stuff that we've all learned in some way or another from the own mistakes that we've done in building our own practices. And that kind of leads me to the question of, are these necessary mistakes that people need to make in order to really embrace what we what we're talking about here that in order to really understand and embrace the the methods that do work in in getting this this consistent brand and in being mindful of how you come across whether it's with intention or not and taking ownership of that are people actually capable of taking this advice from the very beginning or do you get kind of that that either hey i made these mistakes or or a pushback against your advice when when you are coming with people who are coming to you at the very start of their practice so i would say it's necessary if yes you want to learn the hard way and spend a lot of time (laughs) yes then that's necessary right like there's also the human experience right like sometimes we know where the money issues come up right and so we think that we can diy it and you know i say 
if you are a super disciplined person, right, and you can read a book or sign up for a course and you know that you are going to follow the steps and do exactly what it says, then yeah. But I also think, you know, there's a lot of like learning curves and things like that. And I know that even as Kate and I learned different things, there was like pieces we took from everything really to kind of create this clear foundation of, of marketing. Yeah. I mean, look, making mistakes is going to be a part of the journey. It definitely is. Fail fast and fail forward, right? It's, it's important because that's when we learn so much, but it doesn't have to be so hard where you struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. And some people aren't able to sustain the struggle and aren't able to get to the other side and really have that successful practice that they so want to have and really make that big impact that they want to make. So if the people that we're, that we're coaching the therapists that we're coaching that were able to help them avoid a lot of the mistakes that we did and really fast track their trajectory towards having that ideal practice for them and really living that ideal life. It's really, really incredibly rewarding to be able to see them not have to struggle so much and not have to learn everything the hard way. There's, there's definitely important lessons along the way that they'll learn in, in, in addition to what we're teaching them, but to be able to bypass that it's, it's awesome to see. And Katie, you had said something that I just wanted to kind of comment on. You know, I think also too, like when we are in the place of needing to get clients and we don't know what works, you know, everyone has a product to sell and it all works just like all diets work. It doesn't mean that all diets that were good for you. Right. So when you talk <laughs> about blogging, right, it's like, and I remember doing that stuff. Like, yeah, I got to sign up for this program. Oh, Facebook ads. Okay. Let me do Facebook ads. I'm going to throw $20 at it and it didn't work. Facebook ads don't work. Right. Yeah. Or now I'm gonna I got to do a video series. Now I'm going to do a newsletter. It all works. But what Kate and I really try to help people focus on is also identifying your natural strengths and talents. And I think that's what you were alluding to is like, yeah. if you love writing, then maybe blogging is perfect for you. And you probably should get some coaching, training and mentoring to really monetize the blog and know how to do that rather than just write a blog, put it on your website and be like, well, nothing's happening. Hoping for the best. What's that? Hoping for the best. Right? Yeah. Yeah. right. So I think that's kind of Kurt, what you're talking about. Like, yeah, there's that piece of sometimes we learn, you know, by our own pain and we figure it out. But like what Kate said is it doesn't have to be that hard. Well, and I think it, it means that the mistakes are kind of better mistakes. If you actually take the advice of people that are saying, Hey, you don't need to do it this way. You don't need to make this mistake that I made or this common mistake that I've seen. And I think that's really cool. I, I actually, uh, another kind of question that I have that would, that is an evolution of this is like Kurt and I, you guys have more than one business. You have the private practice startup. You each have your own practices. I'm sure there's a bazillion other things that you guys are doing. And so brands evolve. And so for me, I'd really be interested in how you work with therapists that are kind of moving into that next space where they're taking on other things. Because I realized over time that that I've, I had two businesses and then I got you know a third. And so for me, it became, it went from Evolve to Thrive was my brand to Katie Vernoy is now the brand. And so that's been very painful and kind of weird to think about. And, and what are your thoughts on that? Because you guys have done this process where you were K2 visionaries and the private practice startup. And now you're Kate and Katie. I mean, like you guys are, are owning it. So what is that process like? And what do you recommend for people that are thinking about kind of that more thought leader visionary space when they're looking at developing their brand? 
You, I mean, Katie, you hit on it exactly is that brands do evolve, right? And so you want to grow or level up, or maybe you develop a different brand in a different company, or you evolve into the brand and you do a name change. So, you know, we tell people that. And I think that's also helpful because it kind of decreases the anxiety of like, I have to get it right right now. I remember when I first went to private practice full time, I felt like I had to get my website perfect. Right. And it was like, it has to be exactly yeah. how it's going to be. And <laughs> it just helps to go, Oh, my brand will evolve. Oh, that's interesting. And like, I know that my writing has completely evolved right over time yeah. with writing yeah. so much and learning not how to write so academic and not so clinical. So I think mm-hmm. you just hit the nail on the head. That's what I would say. In your business development, the two of you have become business partners. Kurt and I've become business partners. I think it's interesting because the the brand then also starts including other people. And then there's also the business aspects of kind of having another person in your business. What are the things that you guys would recommend related to, to kind of navigating those conversations and that, that evolution? Well, when Katie and I first started working together, we had, we have a business arrangement and agreement and like an operating agreement. And that's something that's been very helpful because we looked at the relationship that we had in our different roles and really our vision for this company and what would happen if something happened to her, what would happen if something happened to me. And we kind of planned a lot of those things beforehand from the get-go. So that's really helped. And then, I mean, for the most part, Katie and I have been really in sync and very communicative and we both bring different strengths to the table. So having a partner that shares the same level of commitment and work ethic and neither one of us are slackers. So we both, we yeah. both bring a lot of, of energy and focus to our working relationship and really try and just accentuate each other's strengths. Always keep the lines of communication open in terms of mm-hmm. when things aren't working and what is working. And let's look at our vision of where we want to be in six from, months from now and a year from now and really trying to stay in alignment with, with that because this is not our only job, you know, not our only company. We both have other companies and other things going on. So this is something that is is part-time for us, but easily could be very much full-time. So we have to be in that constant communication to make sure that we're staying true to what we're needing and what we're wanting the business to look like as it continues to evolve and grow and, and gain even more traction than it has over the past three years. Well, and the brand goes throughout all of the pieces. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people have a hard time understanding. And that's why I kind of shifted to the business partnership is this idea of the brand is in the mission and the values. The brand is in how you interact with your team, how you interact with the people around you, how you show up and do the work. I mean, it's it's something where maybe I'm oversimplifying, but it's it's, you know, even how you design your office and how you make sure that you're providing the experience from soup to nuts, you know, it's, it's something where that is so critical. And I think a lot of people don't get it. And when you're starting to navigate into these larger groups where it's not just you, it's now a business partner or an associate, a pre-licensed associate, or, or, you know, a, a different type of business. Like it's something where you really have to start thinking about mission, vision, values, and how you want to be perceived because it all flows together. I had just an interesting little tidbit. I was, when we started this podcast, I realized that most people were not going to go to my consulting website because I, I think this is the first time I said Evolve to Thrive on this podcast. So when my, my business coach at the time was like, well, do you have your own website? I was like, oh no, 
I had my old raggedy HTML code DIY that was a mess and realizing <laughs> that all of a sudden that it was going to be something where we were going, I, I was, people might look for that instead of where I was trying to drive traffic. And it's something where just recognizing that that was not an, that was an experience of myself that I was hiding. And you can't do that when, when you actually are fully owning a personal brand. It was just hilarious. And fortunately now I've got a very cute little katiebrunoy.com website, but it was something that was a mess. That's was so fun. funny. I had just had such a similar experience. I had uh, created, I don't know, maybe seven years ago, drkatecampbell.com, which I had Bayview therapy, which was all focused about the group practice. And then I had Dr. Kate Campbell. And that was more focused on the couples therapy that I was doing in my clients. And, and I was front and center. So I had both of those sites. Well, <laughs> We have since started the, you know, the private practice startup and we, all my love is going in that direction into the group practice and the Dr. Kate Campbell just kind of been sitting over on the side. It's a WordPress site. I wasn't updating the plugins. I wasn't taking care of things. All of a sudden, maybe like three months ago, someone emailed me. They're like, um, you, I don't know if you've looked at your website recently, but it's like a hot mess. And I went over to look at it and I was mortified. I was like, oh my God, I can't even believe this is out there. Like, what is this? (laughs) I'm not even really like marketing my client services anymore because I just don't have, I I don't have a need to do that. And I, you know, I'm full and not taking on any more than five clients a week. So I was like, oh, I got to get this thing down. I can't have this out there and it's looking a hot mess when I'm talking about marketing stuff, right? (laughs) So luckily, um, my husband was able to help me do a a Ford. So I forwarded it anytime because I have a lot of SEO points and whatnot with with the referrals and everything that I built on that Dr. Kate Campbell. But anyways, we just forwarded it to my group practice site. So I feel you, Katie. Yeah, yeah, it's a mess. (laughs) Well, I think that this brings up also that as people do reach into that next step of their career and that entrepreneurial sort of thing is, you know, I I think any one of us is going to have a story like that. I had an intake session this week with a new teenager who says, your website doesn't have a picture with you with a beard. What's up with that? And (laughs) (laughs) give it to the teens that call you out. (laughs) No, totally. And, and, but I, you know, the way that I work, I was just like laziness, like just like not feeding that, that part of it. And, you know, it built into a good conversation that I, I think really helps set the tone of the session of, of transparency. But in taking on a bunch of different aspects in managing kind of multiple brands, it it is difficult in prioritizing which one needs the most because launching and, you know, really creating something that goes to scale, whether it's a group practice, whether it's a podcast, whether it's something like this, does take a lot more time and energy than when you do have the systems in place from whether it's Dr. Kate Campbell, whether it's a a solo practice that you have your referral network in place that you don't have to feed that as much. Yeah, it can be a lot to juggle sometimes. <laughs> I was, that's why I was, it was like silent, and then I was like, "Wait, did he ask a question or was it a statement?" I'm not sure. Yeah, it was pretty much a statement, but I think what he was trying to say is, is uh, when when you have an old kind of brand that doesn't need your support anymore, you may still need to assess it because of exactly what happened to Kate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and me, for sure. And Kurt too. Like you had a raggedy website too, man. Like yours was oh, so yeah. 
bad. Like we had to like totally before we launched, we're like, let's let's update our websites. <laughs> my my picture on my old websites was from eight. It looks years. like a child. It, it was. It was from eight years prior to. Part of that was I'd I'd gone I'd broken my face and gone several years without all of my teeth, and so there was just kind of some some owning my own space in in where I was and relying on just kind of what had already been there. But I also did not really rely a whole lot on an online presence to build my practice and really did kind of the more traditional go and meet people sort of thing, which had worked really well for me until we needed to scale up our podcast. For me and just our topic about branding is, you know, if, if you're in a place where you're thinking about branding, I'd say go for it. And also you don't have to struggle in regards to building your practice. And I think, you know, we're big proponents of coaching and mentoring and hiring people. And I just think that's so important because, you know, that support and getting you clear can lead you to where you want to go faster and you really don't have to make all the mistakes. You know, it's such a joy when we coach people and especially early on in the process, like we never know what results people are going to get. But to me, they always pretty much astound me. I'm like, holy, really? Like, Again, one of our coaches, he three brand new clients, right? Like he's like doubled his practice um, just in two and a half weeks. So it's always nice. like, wow. So you'll never know. Of course, it's it's like finding a right therapist, right? You want to align with whoever that coach is. But um, marketing doesn't have to be a mystery. And when you have the clear understanding and the step-by-step proven system, um, it becomes a lot easier. So that, that would be my final thought. Kate and Katie have something for all of you who've made it to this point in the episode. Woo-hoo! Yes, we have our A to Z cheat sheet, the essentials for building and growing your dream practice. And what we offer with that is it's a PDF that takes you through all the different steps. It's kind of like a roadmap for success in private practice. All the different steps. Sometimes people don't know where to start. They're so overwhelmed. They have like the analysis paralysis mode, or sometimes they're established in practice and they don't know if they have actually taken all the necessary steps to be having that solid foundation. So We offer that, and then it also comes with a five-day marketing email sequence where we send you different tips and assignments and information about the branding and marketing piece. So if you're interested in taking the A to Z cheat sheet and allowing that to help your practice grow and evolve, definitely head over to our website, privatepracticestartup.com, and look under the resources tab. You'll see the A to Z cheat sheet along with some other resources there as well. And I'm sure you guys have a show notes page that we can send you the link and maybe you can embed it there for ease. We will, absolutely. Awesome. Our guest today, uh, Dr. Kate Campbell, Katie Lemieux, Private Practice Startup Podcast. Give them a listen. They have phenomenal tips. And like we said, we'll include links to all of their stuff in our show notes. You can find those on our website, mtsgpodcast.com. Until next time, I'm Kurt Widhelm with just a whole bunch of Katie's. So... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes.